Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight at here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. We're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on the new you and the Holy Spirit by Andrew Womack. More specifically, we're in the second half of the book now, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. We'll be in chapter 12 tonight, talking about speaking in tongues. Anyway, uh, so again, thank you for joining us tonight. My, my name is Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry. We'll be continuing... <coughs> Excuse me, our Bible says tonight on the New Year of the Holy Spirit by Andrew Womack. And anyway, um, if, you've been, if you'd like to, uh, you can, all of our Bible says have been archived uh, on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. So, anyway, uh, there's ways that you can connect with us there. We also have free Bible classes on our website at, again, lighthousediscipleship.org. Also, there's a place for you to give and donate and sponsor our ministry and partner with us. And so we can continue to bring the gospel of Christ worldwide. Well, like I said, we're going to be in the, we're in the second half of the book now, talking about the Holy Spirit. And specifically tonight, we'll be in chapter 12, uh, talking about speaking in tongues. You know, and I know this can be a controversial issue for some people, and it's, it's, it's an area where some people are very uncomfortable with. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. Uh, but we need to talk about it. The Bible talks about it. Paul talks about it. Uh, Jesus talks about it. And so, uh, it's, you know, I don't know about you, but I want everything God's given me. And we talked so far about the Holy Spirit, <coughs> how there's an empowering with the Holy Spirit. And I believe one of those things, I don't think having uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit has everything to do with tongues, but it's one of the things. Uh, it's one of the benefits. It's one of the tools that we have that we can communicate to God, Spirit to Spirit. And it's just an awesome thing that we'll get into this. It doesn't have to be something that's freaky. It doesn't have to be something that's... And some of that uh, fear and spookiness it has to do with just being ignorant. You know, Paul told the Corinthian church, who was a little wild, on the wild side of all the churches that he ministered to, uh, he, he said, you are ignorant of spiritual gifts. And I'm paraphrasing that, but at the same point in time, he told the church that was operating the gifts the most, those who were praying and, and, and worshiping in tongues the most, that they were ignorant. So we don't want to be ignorant of the gifts, but we also don't want to be um Ignore the gifts. Uh, both both sides are wrong in that, and so we want to know the Holy Spirit, and we want to know specifically tonight. We're going to talk about speaking in tongues, uh, beginning with chapter twelve. And so there's a very uh, significant power and and purpose of speaking in tongues, and so we want to we want to get into that tonight. Sorry to interrupt. They're sound on the website, but not on Facebook. Okay, yes, we're fine. If they're sound on the website, it's coming from Facebook. So, okay. um, all right, so anyway, uh, once uh, Sherry gets all dialed in here, uh, we'll start reading from chapter 12 about speaking in tongues. And so, uh, and then, uh, while, while I'm giving her some time, I'll just say announce that our Sunday morning service will be at 11 15 a.m. That's when we live stream. We'll be talking about knowing the Holy Spirit. And I didn't necessarily plan that these two Bible studies would go uh, hand in hand. Uh, at the same time, but uh, my Sunday morning message is more about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, knowing Him. And, uh, uh, and we'll get into the tongues, and we'll get into baptisms, Holy Spirit, we'll get into the gifts, and we'll, 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 we'll make mention of those, and we'll teach on those, but that's not going to be the, the, the scope of my 
my message, even though we'll give it some attention. Uh, but we will be talking about speaking in tongues tonight, uh, and so and how it relates to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we'll we'll be basing this off Andrew's teaching here in this book. So, are you doing good? Yes. Already. Right, so okay. So again, we're in chapter twelve. Uh, if you if you have a book, you're following with us. If not, we'll read it to you. Um, so speaking in tongues, uh, and by Andrew Womack. God's Word reveals that speaking in tongues is one of the first manifestations to occur when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus' disciples spoke in tongues immediately after receiving the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 1-4 As Peter preached the gospel to the entire household of Cornelius, they received both salvation and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Acts 10, 44-46 Speaking in tongues was an outward evidence that these brand new believers had truly received the Holy Spirit. Peter used this fact to prove to the rest of the Jewish believers who weren't there in person that these Gentiles had indeed been born again. And as I began, began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the, the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Acts 11, 15-18 Paul ministered the baptism in the Holy Spirit to Apollos' converts in Ephesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Acts nineteen six. Speaking in tongues comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Alright, we're just barely getting into this chapter. Again, we're talking about the, uh, the New Year and the Holy Spirit by Andrew Womack. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Specifically, we're talking about speaking in tongues tonight. And Andrew has already brought out some very key references, uh, including Pentecost. And you'll, you'll find in the book of Acts that every time they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in a tongue that, uh, uh, that was born to them. And we'll, we'll talk about, we'll get into this a little more deeper. You know, and one of my highlights that I always like, uh, it says here in Acts 10, 44-46, specifically verse 46, and, and actually I'll just read some of it. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost came, fell on all of them that were heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues 
and magnify God. I like that word, magnify God. It actually says in Acts chapter 2 that uh, they, 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 they spoke the wonderful works of God. These tongues uh, that people are speaking are magnifying and telling of the wonderful works of God. And we'll get into the specifics here about the tongues and whatnot a little deeper. Uh, so I'm trying, to, trying not to get my words, uh, I'm trying not to get out of order here. Um, but, you know, that's one of the qualifications. So, you know, some people teach or have taught or have believed that speaking in tongues is of the devil. <laughs> and how can you magnify God and be of the devil? That, that just, that doesn't go together. And so, um, and so there's no scripture for that. There's no reference for that. Uh, uh, so I don't know where people get that. Uh, uh, that's not that might be based on people's theology, but it, there's no scriptural foundation for that. Uh, but one thing I do want to highlight so far, and I think one of Andrew's main points that he's bringing out so far, is that when they when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. And now he does start out this whole chapter. God God's word reveals that speaking tongues is one of the first. Manifestations that occur you when you receive the Holy when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's one of them. It's, the, it's probably the most primary one. Uh, you know, the Bible says in out of the Book of Joel that Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost that they will prophesy, <laughs> and so some people will prophesy. Uh, but the most common is that they speak in tongues. And, uh, and, and I mean, even in Mark sixteen, Jesus taught about how they will speak in other tongues, and so. I know that's, uh, and I know, and he was like, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Well, that's kind of the point. Uh, it's not the whole point, but it's uh, part of the point is, is that you, you don't know what you're speaking. You know, it's a supernatural language. It's supernatural. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't know what you're praying. Well, you're not praying to yourself. You're praying to God, and you're praying spirit to spirit. Uh, we'll get into this a little more, but, uh, you know, your spirit is praying. You know, we can when when we pray in our native language, for me it's English. But when we pray in our native language, we can pray too timid. We can also pray offline. You know, some of our theology gets in the way of our prayers sometimes. Some of us, and uh, but the Holy Spirit will pray perfect prayers, and I want to pray perfect prayers. You know, my pastor growing up uh, taught us when you don't know what to do, pray in the Spirit. And I like that. There's been many times where I don't know what to do, and I just start praying in the Spirit. Um, and so praying, uh, I, sometimes I don't know how to pray about a situation. Sometimes I'm called upon as a pastor to pray about a situation, and I just don't know what to say. And, you know, I felt bad about the situation. Maybe the situation uh, is uh, someone's dying or there's a tragedy, or maybe there's something to be upset about. You know, there are, are times to be angry about things with the righteous anger. Uh, but I'm praying for the Holy Spirit so I don't get my flesh out. And, you know, my flesh doesn't take charge, but the, uh, the Holy Spirit takes charge. We had a, a friend in Bible college, and, every, you know, some people, like, when they smash the thumb with a hammer, they would say a cuss word. Well, this friend, actually, instead of uh, uh, saying a cuss word, he just started yelling out in tongues. You know, I mean, that was, a little, but that was better than saying something uh, that you shouldn't be saying. I know sometimes our flesh just responds when something, you know, if you stub your toe, you hurt something bad, I mean, your flesh can just say things you wouldn't normally say. And I just appreciate this, this friend of ours who, uh, instead of just saying a cuss word, he just started uh, speaking in tongues. You know, I think that's a better response uh, than the other. 
But anyway, you know, um, we'll get into a little more in, about, and there's a difference between the gift of tongues and the, uh, the, 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 our prayer language, uh, which uh, the, the speaking of tongues that we're talking about is also a prayer language. But specifically right now, we're just talking about upon, after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's evidence of speaking in tongues. And we see that almost we see that in almost every incident in the book of Acts. Now that's where some people get frustrated. Because some people have received the Holy Spirit. How do I know they received the Holy Spirit? Because if they asked for the Holy Spirit, they had. Jesus said very clearly that if you, if you ask, you receive. It's not based on the feeling. I'll talk about feelings a little bit on Sunday morning eventually. Uh, and I'll uh, talk about a little bit about this Sunday. Uh, but uh, um, you know, it's not based on a feeling, even though you may feel something. It's not based on some reaction or manifestation, even though you, that may happen. Uh, it's based on the faith. Anything you receive of God is based on faith. If God says it, and you do what God tells you to do, then by faith it's going to happen. God's not a liar. <laughs> His word is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. And so, just because you didn't experience something that God says you would, doesn't mean it didn't happen. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying, you, you know, the tongues may not have happened. You might not have seen that manifested. And I don't know all the different reasons. And Sherry's probably the best teacher on this because she struggled with seeing the manifestation of evidence of tongues for years. And, but she, she, she has been set free from that. And she and I say I say it that way. That might be the wrong way of saying it, but it's just you know she has been she has received evidence of speaking in tongues. She didn't initially, and she received the Holy Spirit, I believe, at a young uh, a young age. But at the same point in time, she didn't see the manifestation later. Uh, one of my pastor's wives growing up uh, had the same struggle, and I think I mentioned it recently, but maybe I did it last uh, Wednesday night, Sunday night, uh, and totally different teaching, but. Uh, they were, they were, my pastor and his wife were laying up bed one night, you know, just before going to bed, and he was uh, he was tired, and uh, he just wanted to go to bed, and she was uh, becoming a little emotional because she had asked for the Holy Spirit, but she hadn't received the, the evidence of speaking tongues, and was, she was she was uh, frustrated with that. She was upset, and when she was starting to cry and, and get emotional about it, and Sherry's been there too, so I so I, I, I get that, I understand that. You know, and so she didn't, you know, what's missing? Why? The big question is, why haven't I seen the manifestation yet? You know, what's going on? What, even some of the response could be, what's wrong with me type of thing. You know, that could be a question that could be running ahead. I can't remember what was the case here. But anyway, uh, of course, he, my pastor, he's tired, you know. He, he's not trying to be, uh, he's not trying to not be sympathetic and, and non-caring, but he's tired. He wants to go to bed. So he just reaches over and lays his, his hand on her belly. The Bible says, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he talks about that in, in context of talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so anyway, um, he reaches over and he just prays for, and I think he's probably praying in tongues, I can't remember. And he just prays on lay a hand on the belly and she begins to speak in tongues. And so I don't know all the different significance out of that. I can give some scripture reference that I just did. I don't have the, the, the scripture in front of me right now. But he says, out of rivers of living water will flow out of you, uh, regarding the Holy Spirit, and I'm paraphrasing that. But anyway, so what we're addressing right now, what we're dealing with, and we're going to get a little deeper again, is that 
that's one of the main manifestations upon receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you will speak in tongues. And that's where some people need a little coaching. Uh, not everyone does. I mean, the, uh, one thing I liked about the church in Cornelius, uh, Peter wasn't even sure if they could be saved yet. <laughs> he was still getting a revelation that they can receive salvation being Gentiles. And so he preaches the gospel to them, and they start speaking in tongues. They obviously received the gospel, because uh, they wouldn't be able to, he, he really liked that. If they're speaking in tongues, what forbids us to baptize them in water? Because they, they, be, they couldn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without being first saved. And so, so it was evidence to them that they were saved. You know, and uh, you, you can't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about until you're saved. And the Bible is very clear. We talked about this a little bit uh, recently in one of my teachings, but in the book of Acts, verse nine, chapter 19, Paul's ministering to some of the disciples who were following Apollos, and he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you've been saved? And their response was, we haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. You know, they would never been taught. Apollos didn't teach them that. And there's different reasons for that, because and the Bible talks about that, how Aquila and Priscilla had to teach Apollos uh, uh, about the Holy Spirit. And, but, <coughs> but these disciples had received the, the gospel to Apollos before all that had transpired. So Paul is ministering to them. And I like how he said it. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you've been saved? That tells me, and there's some other references, that receiving the Holy Spirit and being saved are two different distinct things. Some people receive them simultaneously. Some people, like Cornelius' household, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time they receive uh, salvation. I've seen people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as they come out of the water in a, a water baptism, similar to Jesus. And so I've seen that. And there's not a cookie cutter how it has to be, but there are certain things that should transpire. <coughs> there should be an evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, uh, one of the things we want to minister to is that just because you haven't seen the, the manifestation of speaking in tongues, and some people might disagree with me, and that's, 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 you have that prerogative. But I, I believe that if you ask, you have, you ask, you shall receive. And if you haven't received the manifestation, it doesn't mean you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. You just haven't received the manifestation yet. And that's where some coaching can come along. And that's where maybe some uh, prayer can come along. Uh, and so, uh, like my pastor and his wife that I talked about, you know. But uh, if you ask to receive the Holy Spirit, you have received the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and but we but some people shy away from the tongues. I want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want that tongue thing, you know. And and again, that's your prerogative. But at the same point, and that's your choice. But I encourage you, I implore you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I I implore you to receive and to use the gift of the the, the, the your prayer language of speaking tongues. It's a powerful thing. And we'll get into this a little more detail in a few moments. Anything you want to add? Speak uh, to us? Just a couple things. Um, not, and this isn't to get on anybody because I've been there, done that. But just because you, you don't have the evidence of speaking in tongues and you're either struggling with it or maybe you just don't know how, what you think about it, you know, it, it's not... A condemnation thing and it's you know I know a lot of people 
I have seen in life receive things from God because they believe. You know, there's there's things that I know I haven't received because I want to receive and I want to believe, but I know there's some doubt and unbelief in me and you know, that could always be a factor. And you know, I've been around people who just they don't really want to or are excited or they don't really know what they think about speaking in tongues. So it's not something they want. So they're not speaking in tongues. You know, it's just it's as true. common as that. Um, but Dave spoke earlier about there's a, a misconception about how there's some people out there who think speaking in tongues is from the devil. And uh, I, I actually laughed to myself when he said that because I just listened to a Bible class yesterday yeah today's Wednesday so yesterday and the the minister uh, had an example about how there I don't know if he was I, I had crazy day today so I don't remember if it was him or another minister but uh, this this person was, uh, was a believer and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they had evidence of speaking in tongue, and their own church said, that's from the devil. And the minister turned around and said, wait a minute. You knew me when I was a sinner. You saw everything I did, and yet I never spoke in tongues when I was a sinner. When I was an unbeliever, there was no way I ever spoke in tongues, and I was walking in and with the devil. But the moment... I believe and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're seeing the evidence of a transformed life and I'm speaking in tongues and you're telling me that I that speaking in tongues is from the devil. He, he That minister made a valid point. I have never seen an unbeliever, someone walking in sin, speaking in tongues, anyone acting like the devil speaking in tongues, but a believer who is baptized in the Holy Spirit I have seen speaking in tongues. I've heard them speak in tongues. I've heard them worship and sing, singing in tongues. But I've never seen that in an unbeliever. You know, one thing I appreciate about Sherry too, and others like her, but we'll talk about the gifts later on in our study. But she flows fluently with the interpretation of tongues. And I mean, some people, I mean, it just might in between on a song or you know they're just as they're worshiping in a group they just he just she just overhears someone praying in the spirit and then they're not trying to make a scene about it and they're just worshiping God their own and but whatever it might be or the worship leader just in between songs or the melody or or doing a little worship jam you know might be praying in, in this in the spirit just a few words and she would well 90 90 percent of the time it seems like she gets an interpretation but a few times she doesn't and we're not trying to push for it. Sometimes I'll ask her if she got something. Yeah, sometimes she didn't. And I'm not going to try to push it. Either she did or she didn't. You know? It's not like it's going to be 100% of the time. But she already, she a lot of times gets a little, a, little, a word or something from, from, from that. And so, uh, that's not the devil. The devil doesn't operate like that. The devil, you know, and so, anyway, it's just, uh, again, there's no scripture for that. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no foundation for that. 
And so, uh, I, I, again, I don't really even know where that comes from, where people get that. And you know, some people just get it because their pastor has taught that. Well, <laughs> I can't give you the scripture of reference, and uh, I, don't, I don't really see that. Um, so anyway, I, I'm going to get off that bandwagon a little bit. But, you know, um, I, I mean, I just wanted to say this. Jesus said, by your uh, traditions, you make the word of God of no effect. And I understand it can be confusing unless we're taught. That's why we as pastors and teachers need to teach. You know, people don't know. And it, it, if you don't know it, if you don't know what it is, and I remember growing up hearing it, and I didn't know what it was, and it was a little freaky to me, because I didn't know what it was. But once it's explained, and, and even now that I know what it is, I have seen people operate in what I consider misuse of it. And where that becomes a focus, where that becomes a center stage. I'm, I'm not, I don't think we need to be bashful about it. I don't think we need to hide it. I don't need to think we need to do it in some secrecy. At the same point in time, I don't think it needs to necessarily be on center stage. Paul says, if I speak in tongues, uh, how does that edify you since you don't even know what I said? Uh, you know, there's a place for it. There's a time and place for it. And in and, and, and simplicity, your prayer language, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, is between you and God. It's not for everyone else. There's a place for the public speaking in tongues interpretation. Um, and I'm not saying just because you, you, you do a few words in tongues in a public setting that you're necessarily off piece. What I'm talking, I believe, I believe, this is my, and I know we'll get into some of this a little deeper, but just, uh, you know, when that becomes the focus, when, 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 when everything's in tongues, you know, now, we, uh, let me just switch gears a little bit. We had a, uh, a pastor, uh, uh, um, Andrew Womack, uh, his conference in Phoenix a couple of years ago, had, had a, I uh, forget his name, but he's from Sri Lanka. He's a pastor from Sri Lanka. The, the minister's conference, right? Yeah, he did the minister's conference, but he also spoke at the Phoenix conference. But, oh, but, 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 but. The event I'm going to speak of was at a minister's conference in Colorado, Andrews uh, campus. Anyway, uh, and so there was a lot of pastors in the room, and, and uh, he just wanted to minister to the pastors. And, uh, and so he said, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I'm going to sing over the pastors and tongues. He goes, then I'm going to sing over the pastors with the interpretation of what I, what I just sang. It was one of the most beautiful things. Yes, that was a corporate thing. Uh, but there was an interpretation. There was a there was a there was a tongue and an interpretation. That was the gift of tongues being used there. Uh, but it was beautiful, and it was edifying, you know. And I'm hearing impaired. Sometimes I don't always hear everything people say from a microphone on the platform, uh, especially especially when there's an accent. Hear the accent, and uh, so. Um, but I but I I don't necessarily know everything he said. But I know in my spirit. I felt something. I know something just agreed, there's something in my spirit that just agreed with that. And, uh, and so, um, uh, where, I, where I've been in other situations at times where, and maybe the people mean well, but I, there have been some places where I've been where I see some tongues going on and some other things going on, and there's just something in my spirit I check. Um, um, but, and and I, I don't want to get that out here too prematurely. Uh, you know, the, it should be magnifying God. It should be glorifying God. And something that's magnifying God and glorifying God should not be eerie. It should not be spooky. You know, and, uh, 
And so I think there needs to be clarification and whatnot. At the same point in time, I don't want to put a cork on it. I don't want to corral it so much that the Holy Spirit can't, can't, can't flow. But I also believe that things should be done decently and in order. We have an orderly God. He created creation orderly. He, uh, he didn't create chaos. Uh, he created things in order. The, the, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. You know what the word Pentecost means? And I'll, I'll be teaching on this a little briefly this Sunday. The word Pentecost is very theological. It means 50. That's what the word means. And uh, we'll get into this a little more detail. We'll spend a little more time on it on Sunday mornings in a couple weeks. But it's 50. And there was a, in other words, it was a point in time, 50 days, when the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. God was on time. And that's, that's all that word Pentecost means. The word itself is not real theological. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a huge thing. Uh, but the, the, the word Pentecost itself just means 50. That's basically what it means. And so, uh, and, and, uh, so anyway, God is a very orderly God. Uh, he, he's not a kid. He, uh, he's, you know, you can't contain him because uh, the Holy Spirit's everywhere. That's, you can't restrict him. You can grieve him. You can frustrate him. You know, he, uh, but you can't control the Holy Spirit. And, but at the same point in time, you know, Paul talks a lot about this in Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and, and 14, how we don't want we want to edify the body of Christ, and there's a place for tongues and a place not to. And, and some of us, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I need to, I need to back down a little bit so we can get this a little more detail and in the proper order. But we're talking again, just read this section that we read so far. You know, after the people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the main evidences, if not one of the key evidences, is that we, the baptism is speaking in tongues. And so that, you'll see that in the Book of Acts. And so if that happened normally, if that was the normal way of people receiving the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, why would we want anything that's not normal according to Scripture? I want what's normal. And so I want, when I say normal, I'm talking about what the Bible says. And the, and the book of Acts was very repetitive that, and that when they, re, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. That was the norm. And pretty much that's all we hear. We don't hear of any other incident when, when, when it was contrary to that. So that tells me something. If every single incident in the book of Acts, when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues, then that should be the norm. You know? Now that we do have the, the, the uh, Apollos, his disciples, but they haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. But when they heard the Holy Spirit, Paul taught them, they received the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues. And so, um, uh, and so anyway, it just, uh, that's the norm. And so, I want the norm. What, what God calls norm, I want that. Uh, and so, uh, uh, anyway, anything else? Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, we can go back and forth with with someone who may or may not uh, either be interested or believe in tongues. But, you know, I'll, I'll say this again, and it seems like I say this almost every every Bible study, is if it's a gift from God, if God has it for us, I want it. You know, there's several scriptures that talk about God's goodness, that He's a good Father, that He gives us good gifts, and He 
on purpose gave us the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want it. God gave us health. I want it. He gave us healing. I want it. He gave us uh, uh, prosperity in our soul and finances in every area <coughs> of life. I want it. You know, it's just God, he gives us peace. I want it. He gives us speaking in tongues. I want it. He gives us good things to eat. I Heck, I want it. You know, it's just, if, if it's a gift from God, I want it. It's, he's, he only gives good gifts, and it's for our edification. It's for building up the church. Uh, yeah, stop there. I, I lost you real quick. But uh, yeah, anyway, I hope it comes back. I had it. I was going to piggyback on something you said there. But, you know, uh, God gives good gifts. And I, I'm just going to share it. I want everything he has for me. And uh, he has a purpose for it. But not to freak people out. God is not, God is not about confusion. He is about peace and he's about understanding. And so that's where teaching comes in. That's where explaining things. That's where pastors and teachers and other ministers need to explain things. And he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And that's, that's where I appreciate uh, Paul. I think it's in 1 Corinthians, I want to say chapter 2. But that's just one one reference to, to give you to study on the Holy Spirit. But we need the Spirit so we can understand spiritual things. And one of, one of those ways to help us understand is speaking in tongues. And it's, it's not just a communication to God, but it also reveals to us uh, and, and each other when it's done in the right way. It magnifies God, like Dave already spoke on. Uh, it reveals spiritual things, you know, when, when it's done in orderly and, and there's a tongue spoken and then an interpretation. People are getting blessed. Uh, this, this time that that guest minister sang in tongues and then spoke in tongues, I remember one of the ministers that he actually um, asked to come forward, he was able to minister to, to this, this, um, this, I'll say young minister, I have no idea how old he was, but it, it was such a beautiful and needed thing. And speaking in tongues is just part of the spiritual gift. It's just part of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So getting hung up on one aspect and letting it uh, sidetrack someone, uh, it's a little sad for me because there's so much more. You know, the, the Spirit reveals so much about Jesus and um, the, the, the gifts and the evidence of speaking in tongue is to only edify and to build up and to encourage and um, there's a verse uh, that, that talks about singing in tongues and, and singing psalms and hymns. Um, and, and it's to edify your, yourself. I w wish I could quote it uh, word for word. But speech tongues is supposed to be a beautiful thing. And I almost feel like apologizing to the Holy Spirit for just the wackiness out there uh, that people can get hung up on or even the deception that the enemy's thrown out. Um, but I encourage you to do, listen to 
Dave's uh, series on, on Sundays uh, that he's doing now about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to really study Andrew's book. I encourage you to do even do an in-depth study uh, of yourself, but for yourself in the Word of God has anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Um, there's even, we mentioned them um, either last Wednesday or last Sunday, but we have ministers uh, on our like-minded ministers page, Mark and Denise Abernathy, um, they minister really well and have great teachings on the Holy Spirit. So you, you have, you have uh, different people uh, that we're encouraging you to listen to um, and even ask us questions. You know, ask us uh, on Facebook or Facebook Messenger or reach out via our website. Uh, we'll, we'll be happy to, to, to talk and to minister to you and answer questions and give you verses that might help you. Um, this, is, this is to be something to help it. Uh, your your walk be easier and better. I mean, there's one I mentioned earlier, and then we'll get to the next section. Yeah, but uh, um, Paul's you know Paul's teaching the Corinthians, and the Corinthians again. They, if you don't know about the Corinthians, they were they got the gifts and they just went to town with it. <laughs> I mean, they were they got a little out of balance with it. Uh, Paul wasn't trying to quench it; he was just trying to bring some order to it. And it was confusing to the rest of the church. It was confusing to the rest of the world. And, and if something that's confusing, people are going to shy away from coming to church. And some people have shied away from coming to church because it's confusing. But Paul, at the same point in time, even though he's bringing some correction, not to stifle it, but to bring correction, bring some order to it, you know, it's, it's, it's like... Uh, I see. I used to work in the schoolyard with the kids, and I had. I it couldn't just be anarchy out there on the playground. There had to be some order so everyone could play, play right and play peacefully. You know, uh, but that's what umpires for. That's what so everyone can play the game correctly. But at the same point in time, uh, you know, Paul says, "I speak in tongues more than you all." So he wasn't downplaying that we should speak in tongues and, and the other gifts less. Specifically, tongues. He says, "I pray in tongues more than you all." And he wasn't trying. He wasn't also. He also wasn't being arrogant. Look at me. I do more. That wasn't his point. His point was, I believe in speaking in tongues. I actually do it more than you guys. But let's do it the right way. Let's use it the way you know. Uh, let's use the tool how it's supposed to be used. You know. And so, I mean, we have all kinds of tools around the house: yard tools, kitchen tools. Uh, so they, there's a certain way how you use some of those things, and they, they become counterproductive when you use them incorrectly. They actually make a bigger problem. They make more messes. They 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 can be dangerous if they're not used properly. So anyway, uh, let's uh, let's uh, continue to the next section here. What's the title? Every spirit baptized believer. Okay. Uh, just before I read this, you know, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in life, or maybe I should say heard, is when there's a body of believers and they sing in tongues together and just worship the Lord together. And it is one of the most beautiful, beautiful things. And I, I walk away every single time just feeling so refreshed. It's refreshing enough for me, when I speak in tongues, uh, like when I'm on my own in ministry, but when the whole body of Christ is worshiping the Lord 
in in spirit and in truth, it is just one of the most um, ministering times I have ever been around, and um, it, it's just it just fills me with peace and God's beauty, and uh, that is wow. I hope that you all can experience and get to, to be a part of that. But um, anyways, uh, Philip went down to Samaria and, and evangelized. Many people believed on Jesus when he, they heard his message and saw the miracles that he did, Acts 8, 5 through 8. Later, Peter and John came to minister the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Acts 8, 14 through 17. As the Samaritans began to receive, one of the new converts, who had been a professional sorcerer, saw them speaking in tongues and selfishly lusted for this power. Peter and John rebuked him for trying to buy God's gift, Acts 8, 18-24. Those who argue against speaking in tongues as initial evidence for the baptism in the Holy Spirit try to use Acts 8 to support their point. However, even though these scriptures don't directly say that the people of Samaria spoke in tongues, there's still plenty of evidence to imply it. Speaking in tongues is present every other time the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts. Also, this recently converted sorcerer saw something when the baptism was ministered, and it caused him to offer the apostles money in exchange for the supernatural ability to impart the Holy Spirit. Acts 8.18 In order to maintain biblical consistency, this visible demonstration of power must have been speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is an immediate, audible manifestation of the Holy Spirit available to every Spirit-baptized spirit believer. It's something you can do to help prove that you've received Him. However, tongues won't automatically force their way up out of your mouth just because you've been baptized. The Holy Spirit will never make you do something against your will. Therefore, you must choose to speak in tongues. So, I, I don't know if anyone knows my language but, uh, earlier, but I said most of the cases where people spoke in tongues afterwards, this is the one incident where it's not clear, but I believe they did speak in tongues, and Andrew applies that here too. Uh, it's, but this is one the one scripture that people will use to justify that it, 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 there ha doesn't have to be. So we have multiple incidents where they did speak in tongues. We have one where they don't. And then people want to make a doctrine that you don't have to speak in tongues. Something's wrong with that. It's, you know, it can be dangerous to make a doctrine on one scripture. That can be a dangerous, that can be a dangerous pattern. You know, uh, uh, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every would be established. And so at the same point in time, uh, you know, it doesn't say that they did, but it also doesn't say that they didn't. So it's hard to make a doctrine that they didn't when there's no spe it's not specified that they didn't speak in tongues. And so, so this is one area where maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But I, and then it's just my opinion, and you agrees with me. Uh, but it's just that they, they, they that they did. But uh, but we have all these other ones, all these other instances where they did. And we have one that we think it's not clear. Uh, but there's all that, and like I said, and, but Andrew does say at the beginning of the chapter that 
God's word reveals that speaking tongues is one of the manifestations. There are other manifestations of the Spirit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is one of those. Uh, there's some other gifts uh, that, that we'll get into later. Uh, but the evidence of uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, that, that, that's one of the main evidences of speaking in tongues. Uh, there's some other things too. The book of Joel talks about how they will prophesy. You know, and so there's some other there are other things I can I lean on it too. But, you know, I, I, I know this too, and I don't know how to actually explain it except for telling my story a little bit. But I received the Holy Spirit uh, during my, in the summertime between my freshman and sophomore year back in 80, I want to say 87, I believe it was, 88. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, I received it in the summer. I was, my pastor was teaching the Holy Spirit at our church. And shortly thereafter, within weeks and a few months later, I had multiple people, some from church, some not from church, come up to me and say, Dave, what's different about you? Something's different. Now, I grew up in a good Christian home. I grew up going to church. Uh, and I can't say uh, I didn't have some rough spots in uh, some of my older childhood years. You know, I was wrestling with some things, uh, as a lot of youth do. But that doesn't, I'm not justifying it. I was just wrestling with some things, and I've had some bumps in the road. But at the same point in time, I still, I, I wasn't off on drugs. I wasn't a rebellious guy, a teenager or anything. Uh, but I had some, uh, I did, I, you know, I did toe the line a little bit there, and I was, uh, have potential of being rebellious. But I was wrestling with some things, and there's a whole story behind some of that. But uh, I received a whole, but pe people began to notice something different. I wasn't speaking tongues everywhere. Uh, I was speaking in tongues, but not everywhere. But there was something different. And I can usually tell uh, a, a difference between someone who's spirit-filled and someone who's not. There's just a difference. There's a different... Uh, uh, they, they just come across different. Uh, and I'm not saying that someone who's spirit-filled is better than someone who's not spirit-filled. That's not what I'm saying. But I do notice something. I can tell, and uh, um, and so not because, and I'm not saying I can tell because they tell me so. There's some people. I mean, you can that they, they just advertise the Holy Spirit left and right. Where almost it becomes a, it almost becomes a little. It's almost like you ever ever have something salt's good when something when something needs to be salted and you have the right amount of salt on it. It just it's good, but when you put too much salt on it, like the other night we were I prepared a dish and I went back for seconds. And, uh, and the, the lid came off on the pepper. And it was just too much pepper. There was more pepper than there was the, 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 the dish or anything. And that's distasteful. I like a lot of pepper. But that is just overkill. I had to throw some of it out. Uh, because it's just, you know, I want to season. I like a season. I'm generous when it comes to, uh, I don't salt every, I salt just very few things. But uh, I do pepper a lot. I do garlic a lot. I do some of the other seasons a lot. Um, but uh, there's some, you know, when you get too much of something, though, it just it's distasteful. Um, and sometimes when people come across too strong with some of uh, the gifts, if I can say it that way, uh, it, 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 I don't, I'm not trying to put someone down, but it just there's a distastefulness to it. And, uh, it's almost like it takes away from glorifying God yeah. when the focus is on the gift. And, you know, this is a very silly illustration, 
Dave has given me gifts throughout, uh, ever since he's known me, uh, like for Christmas or birthdays or special just because. And there are some gifts that I will wear or use or use, however, like all the time, but I'm not like, ooh, the gift, the gift, the gift. It, it always makes me think of my husband gave me this because he loves me. He was so thoughtful. I mean, I, I have uh, some things that I use and I just, uh, not to make him embarrassed or make him blush, but I just feel so warm and, and lovey-dovey inside just because I have a gift for my husband that he gave me and that's kind of what the gifts are for, not just to encourage everybody, but to magnify God. And when it's just the gift, when I'm using the gift, oh, this is a cool gift, this is a cool gift, and gift, 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 that's the wrong focus. The focus should be on the, the one who died for us, the one who went to the cross for us, the one who rose again and gave us life more abundantly. That's what it should magnify. You know, uh, even in advertising, I don't like it when uh, one company will downplay the other one. And they'll speak negative about that. If you are better than them, then show me by your business. Don't put, don't spend your t advertising dollars putting someone else down. If you are better than them, then show me. Not by putting them down, but by s sell me what you have. If your only advertisement is that you're that you're putting the other one down, then you haven't even advertised what you do. You haven't, you haven't told me anything. And so, uh, advertise what you do. Show me what you do. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't usually go around no announcing myself as a pastor. I am a pastor, and, 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 I, and I take my, my, my job very seriously. And there's sometimes, like, I'm right ahead, I'll, I'll, I'll put my pastor, and if I need to use that authority in certain situations, I will. But I don't... If I am a pastor, then I should be acting like one. I should be behaving like one. I don't necessarily need to go broadcasting it. I just need to do it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and I'm not, I'm not anti-doing it now, so that's not my point. My point is, you don't need to shout it from the mountaintops that you're spirit-filled and acting in the gifts. Just operate. Just do it. Do it tastefully. Be considerate of others that may, don't, you know, I don't like it when I go to a, a, a like a car dealership where we lately we we we've been uh, uh, just doing some window shopping at some furniture stores, whatnot, and and so uh, I don't like it when they that salesman just hounds you and just makes you feel uncomfortable. I'll walk out the door. You won't make a sale if, if you if you if you treat me that way. You know, that's uh, you you just lost your sale. If that's the way you're gonna treat me. But, you know, there's a, there's a proper way. At the same point in time, don't abandon me either. A good salesperson knows how to balance that. And so, uh, you know, don't, don't scare people off, uh, you know. Um, but just, you know, there's, there's, there's a proper way to just exercise tastefully. And that's one thing I do like to appreciate about Andrew's ministry at his college and whatnot. And I get it, there's some, you know, and even in a, in a ministry his size, you can have some, some, uh, all, all flavors there, but at the same point in time, most of the people that we met, uh, it's, it's very warm, it's very inviting, it's very comfortable and peaceful. They exercise the gifts, but it's not, 
to me, it's not distasteful. It's very, uh, it's just it's like a recipe. It's just, it's the right ingredient. It's just, it's, it's, it's good. It's not too much. It's not too little either. I mean, I talk about seasoning too much. I've also uh, had people uh, that I know, they don't season it enough. I'm like, wake it up. I mean, that, uh, it's a good meal. You're a good cook, but you know, use some of the herbs and spices that God gave us. And let's, 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 wake, <coughs> let's wake this puppy up. Let's, let's do it a little bit, you know. And that and something that's not, doesn't have enough seasoning, it's also distasteful to me. Versus something that's seasoned too much. That's not, so hopefully I make it sense. And I understand everyone has a different taste as far as seasoning. Some people can't handle as much garlic and pepper that we put on. And, and I, I understand that. I get that. Uh, you know, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, uh, so I, I know we're getting ahead of some things right now. We're still talking about just receiving the baptism, just speaking in tongues. And so I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But I'm also addressing some of this stuff too. Because some of you have experienced some of these things that we're talking about. And it's caused you to shy away and want nothing to do with the Holy Spirit and your alone tongues. Because what you're seeing, what you're witnessing, is like, whatever, <coughs> whatever that is, I don't want it. But, I, I, you know, it should be tasteful enough and used properly. And you, you, your response should say, I want that. See, see Simon the Sorcerer, uh, Andrew talks about him in uh, Acts chapter 8. He saw the power, and he wanted to buy it. Now, Peter addressed that. He rebuked him. Uh, but, uh, but, and yet, Simon the sorcerer's heart was in the wrong spot. He wanted to buy it because he was greedy. He wanted it for his own, his own gain. He, he had a whole misconception about it. But one thing I do like about it, he saw something that he wanted. He saw something that was powerful. He saw something that intrigued him. His heart was totally in the wrong spot, and, and Peter rebuked him very harshly. But at the same point in time, there was something that was going on in Samaria with the Philip and the, the apostles that he wanted. And when we operate in the gifts, when we operate in the Holy Spirit, it should be something that people want. It should be something that people... Uh, see the significance but there's some people they don't operate in it at all and what they have I don't want and there's some people it's just over seasoned and I, I'm just going to use that analogy because uh, I think it fits that I don't want it either and so um, you know there's some places uh, there's some restaurants I don't like going because I don't like how it's seasoned now let me just throw this out here most, most people who are probably listening will love Asian type food, I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. But they uh, usually when I go, I'll find something with chicken because <laughs> they you can't mess that chicken up too much. But even then, I don't care. So I don't like soy. I don't like uh, some of the things like that. Uh, and so I don't care for Asian food too well. Uh, but I, you can usually find chicken, you know, because um, um, usually a lot of times it's grilled and uh, uh, Asian foods, and, and so they they cook it very well. Uh, I just don't want anything else they have to go with it. Uh, so it just, uh, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just, you know, um, well, <coughs> that might be a bad example. Uh, uh, let's go with stew. A lot of people like stew. I like potatoes. I like beef. I can tolerate carrots if they're raw. 
But I don't like how stew's made. I don't like how the meat's made with stew. I don't like how the potatoes are made with stew. I like potatoes everything. It's the only way I don't like my potatoes are stewed potatoes. It's the only way. And it's the only beef I don't really care for is stewed meat. Uh, carrot, and I don't like it. I don't like a lot of my, I don't like broccoli or carrots cooked. Uh, and so uh, um, I like them raw um, if I'm gonna eat them. So at the same point in time, I'm not trying to talk about against anyone's diet. I'm just saying, I understand people like different ways things are prepared. I'm just trying to use an analogy here that, you know, some things can be seasoned too much. And I don't, again, I don't know if a good analogy, but some things can't be seasoned enough. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, I just, to me, going to a church that's not spirit-filled is not tasteful to me. And one, one that is just, it's just, it's all it is is about the Holy Spirit, and I've never heard some of these churches that it's all about the Holy Spirit. I've never heard anything about Jesus. I'm never hearing. And I'm not saying they don't believe in Jesus. I'm just not hearing it. All I'm hearing is about the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit, but I believe the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus, and I should be left left knowing about Jesus. Samaria, all these places, Cornelius, they got encountered with Jesus. Yes, they experienced the Holy Spirit. But in the process, in Samaria and Cornelius, they received Jesus. And so, yes, the gifts were going on, but the gifts were not the gifts just for the sake of having gifts. The gifts were here to magnify Jesus and bring people to Jesus. And so, I mean, uh, uh, it's like, uh, okay, you got, the, you got the Holy Spirit, but you're missing the meat. It's kind of like the Wendy's commercial growing up. Where's the beef? You know, it's just... Um, it, 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 I just want the main ingredient. And some things, when it's seasoned wrong, it, 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 and, and that becomes the only focus is the gifts. And, the <coughs> and, times people, and some people don't want anything to do with it because that's all they're seeing. They, want, they need Jesus. And yet you scared them away. And so um, it's not the Holy Spirit's fault. It's just we need to learn how to use the whole gifts and the Holy Spirit properly. And it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, powerful thing that Jesus said, it's more expedient that I go that the Holy Spirit will come. But at the same point in time, we need to understand how to, re, how to use uh, and, and, and whatnot so we can do it properly, so we can bring people to Jesus. Uh, I'm hoping I'm making sense. I'm not trying to uh, offend anybody. I'm just trying to bring some clarification. Uh, I don't know if my analogies are working, but... Uh, and we're definitely not trying to confuse anyone, and we're not, and I, and hopefully it doesn't sound like we're just bashing uh, people who misuse the, the gifts and, and speaking in tongues. So please hear our hearts. We're not, we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to encourage you to please uh, search the scriptures for yourself. You know, ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you into all truth into uh, learning about him and having a relationship with him because that's that's where it starts and you know the main thing that we we have said tonight is the Holy Spirit will lead you and teach you and reveal Jesus Christ uh, above all um, and I, I like Dave's uh, this Dave's been doing a series on a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but I believe it was this last Sunday when he brought out, I think it was 
was either this last Sunday or the Sunday before, but he brought out some verses in the Amplified, and one of them, I believe, was John 14, 16, um, and I'll go ahead and read 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive or welcome or take to its heart, because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. The Holy Spirit doesn't just dwell with you. He lives in you. He doesn't just live in you. He dwells with you. And I love how the, the Amplified just magnifies. He's not just comforter. He's counselor. He's not just counselor. He's helper. He's not, not just helper. He's intercessor. He's advocate. He's strengthener. He's standby. And, and there was another verse. I think I can find it really quick, so bear with me. The amazing, this is 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and we don't, both Dave and I aren't into the Message Bible too much. Uh, we like other translations uh, so much better, but, but this verse that Dave shared says, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's our prayer for you guys, that you have that infinite, that, excuse me, intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit, because he will teach you all things. He'll teach you to use his gifts in in the way that he wants you to to encourage you, to build up you, to, to encourage and build up others uh, in the body of Christ, uh, but most of all, to rebuild Jesus and magnify Jesus. Um, so, anyway. Well, uh, we did a lot of talking tonight, so we're out of time. Oops. So I apologize on that. So we'll talk, we'll pick it up here next week as we'll continue this chapter. I know we didn't get very far, but this is a lot to talk about, and I just feel like we have to throw in some blanks here. So hopefully it was edifying, hopefully it was meaningful to you. So let me just press out. We'll see you on uh, Sunday morning at 11, 15 a.m. and Sunday night at uh, 6 o'clock uh, for uh, the True Nature of God. Just so you know, when we're done with this book on uh, Wednesday night, we're going to be starting a new book on Wednesday nights called uh, Believer's Authority. And, uh, not, and anyway, we'll talk more about other things later. Lord, we worship you. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would teach us about you. Teach us about who you are. Teach us how to operate in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, uh, teach us about the gifts. Teach us about tongues. Teach us so we can flow uh, with a, in perfect harmony with you. That would edify one another and it would be a lighthouse to the world about Jesus. When we pray for our country right now, we pray for our world right now. I know there's a lot going on. We are in a country that is divided and there's a lot going on right now that, uh, in our, that's just, it's worldwide. And Lord, I pray that for every, each and every one of us that we keep our eyes on you 
and our focus on you. Yes, we pray for our president over the next few days as he's still our president. We pray for our leaders who are supporting him in this. And we just thank you, Lord, that God bless America and God we trust. And we are one nation under God. We pledge our allegiance to our God and to our country and in that order. And we just speak your grace and your Holy Spirit to flood through our country in these days. In Jesus' name we, we give you thanks. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Stay safe out there. And we will see you on Sunday.